Welcome to the D&D Roundtable, your premier source for D&D news. We cover everything D&D from Wizards of the Coast. We cover updates from the convention circuit. We cover new and exciting products, casts and streams, and events for D&D. We cover happenings in organized play. If it's D&D related, we cover it here. Music, Industrious Ferret, is by Kevin McLeod at Incomptech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Hey, we'd really appreciate it if you dropped us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks! Welcome to the D&D Roundtable. I'm Paige Lightman, co-host with Ginny Loveday, and today, our special guest is Diana D'Amico, who is with Level Up Dice. And if you don't know Level Up, they make some of the most beautiful dice out there. And we're super excited to have Diana here to talk with Ginny and I. So, appropriately, our icebreaker question is, what was your first set of RPG dice like? Everybody remembers their first, right? Diana, you want to tell us about yours? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thanks so much for having me, guys. Uh, you took me back with this question. So I think my very first set of dice was a, a super glittery sort of blue and purple Chessex set. I couldn't for the life of me tell you what it's called now. Um, but I've kind of stuck with that theme. Uh, blue and purple is sort of my jam. So I, I think that was my first set. Blue and purple are legitimately kind of my jam, too. Like, purple has been jammed into as many conventions, dice ordering sets as I can jam it into. So, like, I feel you. So, tell me more about this purpley dice set. Uh, well, they rolled terribly for me, as I recall. Um, the stats of my very first character would, would attest to that. Um, but they were, they had lots and lots of sparkles and they just looked like outer space and I was so amazed that something so pretty um, you know where you're used to seeing just opaque regular uh, solid colored dice that um, it was a nice replacement for, for something that could have been so plain. Some of those glitter dice are just so pretty so pretty and you know the the meme about the shiny click clack math rocks Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those glitter dice make everybody kind of turn into the dice goblin. That's that's the world I live in. My click clack math rocks, my first 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 set that I remember and love dearly. They weren't glitter at all, and I'm I am eternally surprised by that. My first, honest to God, click clack my math dice, woo, math dice set <laughs> that I loved in my heart of heart of heart of hearts was bright pink oh if you're listening in knoxville you remember the horror the horror the audacity of the pink dice they were coming for you they were gunning for you oh were they uh were they player slayers oh they were player slayers i played them i loved them my players when i pulled them out of my bags they cowered in fear very funny. When you still I have them, I do have them. When I play them as a player, though, when I play them as a player, um, I have a lot of dirty words to say towards them. Yeah, yeah, I feel you there. Mostly of the "f you go away, get back in this bag" variety. Sounds like you need some new dice, Jenny. Um, oh, good news! Good news! I since I first, one. yeah, since I first <laughs> got those pink dice, I've gotten a lot more dice, and I know quite the people to get new dice, including, including one of my favorite favorite dice sites, uh, which you you work for, Diana. Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, where you work? Yeah, so um, I work for Level Up Dice. I'm the, the social media and marketing manager. Um, 
we are a multinational luxury dice company. Um, and a lot of people kind of make a very confused face when they hear that. Um, what that means is that we make RPG dice under every fantastic material under the sun. Uh, Semi-precious stones, heavy metals, wood, bone, anything that you can imagine, we've probably made dice out of it at one point or another. You make those really heavy metal dice that I abhor? <gasps> yeah, like the tungsten dice. The table oh, breakers. Oh. <laughs> My husband's like, oh, I want the tungsten dice. I'm like, you can have them, you just can't bring them in the house. He's like, I can't bring them in the house? I'm like, we have a we have a freaking game table, baby. You cannot roll them things on that game table. Well, now, they do double as home defense. So he could make oh, that true. argument. <laughs> They do double as home defense, but you know what they also double as? They double as player artillery. And by that, I mean, if a player really pisses you off and they roll their dice really heavy on your table that you love, you can just pick it up and uh, uh, ch chuck it back at them. Ch chuck it back at them. Yeah, no jury of my peers would convict. That's all no, I have to say about zero, that. Zero juries would convict because you're like, you rolled heavy on the table and so they the right to toss it back at you. I just tossed him a dice officer. I'm not really sure what happened. <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was just one single dice officer. The fact that it went through their skull is not my fault. Although we would never, we would never, uh, we would we would never condone violence unless yeah. dice roll ones twelve don't, million times in a row. Don't yeah. assault anyone with dice. I'm not. Not, not putting that out there as an idea. Oh, but. no, no, no. We don't, we don't assault people with dice. We assault dice. Right, Paige? Uh, I, I have a confession to make. So there I was, no joke, at Mace uh, about, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. And a die had betrayed me. And I threw it across the room because I had a clear shot across the room. And then Michael, bless his heart, Eshelman, leaned into the shot. And uh, the die kind of bounced around between his glasses and his eyeballs for several moments. And then, bing, out into a corner. But it was uh, it was involuntary manslaughter at that point. Michael, Michael Eshelman. Michael Eshelman, if you're listening, we're sorry. Yeah, I'm we're, still sorry. I'm still we're, sorry. We're very sorry. But the dice wasn't at fault. It was pure happenstance. However, like sometimes when you get them out of the dice, you put it in dice gel. They make dice gels for this thing, or you throw it outside, or or page. What's the ultimate dice punishment? So the thing is, it only works if you have plastic dice, preferably without glitter in it. But uh, true facts, I lost my temper at some dice while playing Red Hand of Doom in the heyday of 3.5, and I was playing a big, tanky, half-orc barbarian, and I could not hit the broad side of a, a barn. Like, forget power attack. Like, I couldn't hit anything. And, uh, the, like, we had three people down, and we were fixing a TPK, and I'd already gone out on the porch and screamed, and uh, I finally got so mad that I stomped into the kitchen and threw the dice in the microwave and then just turned it on for 20 minutes. The microwave? the microwave and then bless his heart michael roderick came in he's like what are you doing and i'm like i'm microwaving my dice and when microwaving rod, your dice and, then when, and when rod tells that story he says and i didn't ask why because i was afraid i'd go in that microwave next uh that definitely sounds like roderick it was good times good times so i have a question about level up so one thing that our, our listeners always want to hear is how do you go from random civilian to somebody who has a dice company? Like, what's your what's your superhero origin story for Level Up Dice? Uh, so Level Up Dice uh, exists because a a mad genius named Alex Abrate um, wanted dice one day. So he he was looking at different companies and different materials and. Alex will tell anyone who asks him, Amethyst is one of his favorite stones. Uh, he's a, a big purple guy. It's his favorite color. Amethyst um, is so he, pretty. It's one of the best. He is definitely a purple fan. Like, 
that dude purple. Likes he does. He does. So he was he was looking at all these different places that you could get dice, and he, he really wanted um, some fancy dice. And you know, he found a place, and he was super excited to to place that order. And they told him he was going to have to wait months. But nobody wants to wait months for dice. When you want dice, you want them in your grubby little paws right this second so that you can be angry at them right this second. <laughs> well, uh, anyone who's met Alex knows that he is not a man to, uh, to wait for others to, to do what he thinks he can do better. And he usually does do it better. In this case, it was wonderful because it led to level up dice. Um, he was like, all right, you know what? You can't make them for me. I'll just go do it myself. And several years later, here we are now with, you know, tons of conventions around the world and um, fabulous dice for everyone. So how did he make that first set of dice? I mean, is he a gemologist or a geologist or did he have to learn how to cut stone or? Well, Alex knows basically a little about everything. He's that jack of all trades, that mythical beast that we hear about all the time. Uh, and he, his family had, had some connection that allowed him to go and experiment with a few things, and he came out with a beautiful set of dice. A connection. Like, where, where in the world is this Alex from that he had such a connection? So Alex is our fearless Aussie leader. Um, however, he was born in Italy raised in England, and then moved to Australia. Oh, although now travel, yeah. Yeah, now he's an honorary um, American because he's here so much, so we've adopted him. We take in just about anyone, you know. We love anyone who loves dice. Very true. So you're, you're an Australian company, right? So like your, your HQ is Australia. Uh, but obviously you sell a lot of dice in the U.S. Uh, what, what are your big markets for dice? Just Australia and U.S. or are there other places? Well, we, we operate around the world. We, we ship to Europe, we ship to South America, we ship everywhere. Um, now, conventions, on the other hand, are a little bit more difficult. Um, it's, it's hard to get, you know, 400 pounds of dice um, over across the ocean and, and to find a booth and to do all of those things in, in some of the countries that we haven't yet um, adventured into. But uh, right now, the U.S. is um, a huge presence for us. And of course, because we have our roots in uh, the PAX conventions, PAX Oz is always a lot of fun for us to go to. Uh, but over the, the coming year or so, you can probably expect to see Level Up Dice just about everywhere. Oh, Pax Oz. You probably know a couple of my friends then, um, like Merrick Blackman and M.T. Black and maybe even Mr. Matthew Roderick down in Aussie country. But I mean, I think really, though, you go to a couple of conventions that even I go to, I hear that Level Up Dice is going to be at Winter Fantasy, which... That's pretty cool because that's 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 right there in the home of Chessex Dice. That's like a major competitor, right? Yeah, it was it was actually kind of strange. Um, well, we don't really consider Chessex a competitor. We we don't view anyone as a competitor, right? If you can go out and buy dice from fifteen thousand places, what an awesome thing that you have so many options. Uh, we didn't know that that Chessex was that was their backyard until we went last year and someone told us, and we were like, oh, okay, that's different. Um, but yeah, Winter Fantasy is a great convention. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to go and play some games this year and uh, show everybody how much we love them. I'm pretty excited for that. And that's kind of interesting that like, you don't view Chessex as a competitor because I've talked to a lot of people at Chessex and a lot of people at Crystal Cast and Q Dice and, oh God, Paige, what are some of the other dice studios? But like really, none of the dice companies view one another as competitors and I think that's like a really healthy environment you're all like if I might dice that people like then other people are gonna think we need more shiny click clack rocks yeah I mean that's the thing I feel like the market has no saturation point <laughs> what is too many dice I don't know there's understand. no such thing no such thing literally no such thing it's interesting we we like to collaborate with other dice makers and 
Um, it's a lot of fun for us to see the new projects that other people come out with. Uh, just like we, we get messages from, from people when we do new releases saying, hey, that's a really cool idea. How'd you come up with that? I mean, it's a very, um, it's a very supportive environment for us to experiment in because everybody seems to be trying their own thing and doing things a little bit differently. While I'm not a dice producer myself, I do think that I'm a, a little bit of a, a connoisseur and ordering a fair amount of dice for the various events that I do. Like, I don't know that I really necessarily have a preference either. Like specific events are like, I want this style dice. And I'm like, oh, this company makes it. Other events are like, I want something more intricate. And I'm like, this company makes it. And then others are like, I want the shiny, shiny, sparkle, sparkle, sparkles. And I'm like, oh, hey, hey, my friend Amy has a company that does the sparkliest of dice. And other people are like, oh, I need these looks like rocks dice. And I'm like, oh, hey, Level Up does that. And like, so like, there's literally, like you said, there's not a lot of competition. And like, how does that like, how does that feel as a company to know that even though there's a big, varied market that like, there's not that much competition. It's very, I don't know, collaborative and open and like everyone loves you. I can't really, I mean, I can't speak for the rest of Level Up Dice, obviously, but I think it's a wonderful thing that there are so many different options for gamers. It just shows how much of a, a renaissance tabletop gaming is having right now and how popular it has become. That is for sure true. We are living in the I've said it before, I'll say it again. We're living in the golden age of D&D. Like, I've been playing D&D. I actually, you know what? I forgot to tell you what my first set of RPG dice was like. My first set of RPG dice were the light blue plastic, soft plastic ones from the D&D red box. The ones that where all the edges broke off pretty fast. You had to color in the numbers with a crayon. So that tells you how long I've been playing D&D. And in that time, it has never been better than it is now. We've got more people playing, more different people playing, more different products coming out. It's fabulous. You mean the roundy edges, no colored in numbers, really light, kind of hard to roll box set type dice? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. But those were like iconic for so many people. And it's really kind of amazing what we've moved on to like level up chess x q dice uh, whoever really like there's so many options nowadays well and there are whole secondary markets where where collectors you know they're seeking that set from from their very first dungeons and dragons set that you know ended up at goodwill 20 years ago um people get attached to their dice the same way they do to characters. Uh, a lot of those um, more original OG, those OG materials are super duper popular. There are people who still play with those. I think even recently we've started branching out into, um, I guess, premium dice. The, what is it, 50th, 30th? Uh, I don't know what, I don't know what number is corresponding to Sapphire. The 45th. 45th anniversary then i'm so glad somebody is better at math and geological stones than i am but the 45th anniversary then of DD has come out and they produce these dice that have sapphires in them and like so we made those right did you yeah level i did not know that yeah i didn't actually know that i didn't know that <laughs> at all but like okay so that's the thing so like there are dice with actual honest to god sapphires sapphires like the rare gem like embedded in them and like that is the product that the official Dungeons and dragons wizards of the coast hasbro whatever you want to call it was like hey we're having an anniversary buy our anniversary dice and they're really cool and i really want them and i am so sad that i am poor and broke but i mean like so there, there's like things like that and then they're also like all of the kickstarters in the world in which i'm like okay so you're not asking me for like 400 dollars, and i need all of these and i wish i had your whatever dollars that are quite reasonable yeah i'm just saying if i ever win the lottery it the amount of that money that will probably get turned into dice is ridiculous i'm just saying ridiculous 
Oh, now there's an idea. Actual dice made from money instead of spending the money on dice. Don't give people ideas because yeah, I think no. we can compress dollars down into dice pretty easily. And I don't even want to think about the amount of dollars it would take to like compress it down into this like dice-shaped thing that would roll nicely because I would pay it. I would pay it. I would end up burning it. I'd burn it. Yeah, I'd burn it if I need to. I'd burn it, make it into charcoal, and then compress it into little diamonds. Paige would be right behind me, right beside me. Paige would be right beside me, making yes. these little diamonds out of charred dollar bills. Like we'd be that like, were once dice. We yeah no like whatever. If it makes dice, do it. Do it. <laughs> so speaking of making dice, so yeah. I'm super curious how do you make the dice? Like, is is there, like, some person who's there who's like, I'm going to sand this edge of the 20, I'm going to sand this edge of the 20, or do you have machines that do it, or... I, I, so it's a little varied. It depends a lot on the material that we're working with. Um, the the semi-precious stones are all handcrafted, so those are overseen by a human being who's sitting there and making sure that your D12 isn't all wonky and all that kind of stuff. Um, our, our metals as well as the wood, they're all CNC machined. Uh, one of the things that we try and do with all of the materials that we, we work with, we focus a lot on the precision and a lot on the balance. So we don't just want them to be pretty, we want them to be pretty and ultra functional. Um, so with things like wood, that's a natural material, but we have to worry about the density, we actually take that into account when we're carving today. So we'll find the densest part of the wood and carve out from there to make sure that we're maintaining a good center of gravity. Interesting. Do you, do you actually do uh, statistical testing or roll testing to see if they roll fairly? Do you do so some amount of quality control, like one in a hundred dice or one in a thousand dice? Uh, the, the CNC machining, uh, the, the metals and the wood, those are, those are measured as they're being created, which is kind of nice. Every once in a while, you find a really cool, like, not a miscarve, but a half carve where the machine has decided, okay, now it's perfectly weighted and just stopped. Um, with the stones, it's, it's a little more complicated because stone naturally is gonna have inclusions and things like that where every single die is gonna be different. Uh, but we, we do some roll testing there and then we've had other people send us their results because you know there's always gonna be that one person who's like, oh, okay, well, I'm gonna sit down and roll this D20 a thousand times and tell you what happened. Um, so we have had people actually do it for us and they'll send us the results and say, hey, you know what, you were right. That, that's pretty cool. I, I can imagine there is that person, several of them out there. Is that you were right and these dice made out of stone are super cool? Because I have, I have a friend who made, um, not made, bought the ja Jasper? Jasper? I think it's Jasper. They were reddish in color. The red Jasper, that's an old set. Yeah, no, it was a little bit ago. It was a little bit ago. Picture Jasper, maybe? Ooh, uh, I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure. I didn't buy them myself personally, mm -hmm. but like, um, they're fond of red. So they were definitely red, and I want to say they were Jasper. Dice, and they are like, these have been some of the best rolling dice I've had. I mean, I think there's probably a little bit of bias in there because they were just so happy with how beautiful they were. But, like, they've been playing these dice for a couple of years now. Like you said, yeah, they're old dice. But um, over and over and over and over, they rolled them and, like, okay, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. We get some some double ones a la page. But then we also get, like, a lot of high numbers because, you know, the law of averages. And so, like, they're pretty fucking happy with these jasper dice and i'm beside myself with how pretty they are like i love their dice i um i think i got some that were they were they were i don't remember what actual stone they are they're stone but there's a word picture tell me what they look like they're sparkly because because much like amy jersa i'm a sparkle fan um, they've got little sparkle, they're very light colored, but they have a lot of contrast to them. Um, so the number is like black and the stone is kind of, I don't know, gray, green, green, gray, 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 green. I don't know. It's hard. To, it's really, I'm, I'm also, 
I'm gonna be honest here. I'm not good at colors. My color, vi- <laughs> my color vision is about as good as my taste, and that I'm a super taster, and everything tastes extremely bitter to me. So, like, who knows if it's really green? It might be green. I don't know. Who cares? Whatever. They're beautiful. Well, I'm glad you love them. I have no idea what stone you have. Maybe you got a one of a kind set. Congratulations, Jimmy. Sure, I don't have a one of a kind set. They're just they're very light colored in general. Um, I'm, they're probably mostly gray, to be honest, because apparently a lot of things I have that I'm like, oh, it's kind of this color. People are like, uh, that's gray, and I'm like, you don't see the color in it, and they're like, it's gray. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, whatever. I don't care. I like as it. As long as they look pretty to you, that's what's important. That is exactly what I tell everyone. Who cares what your dice like? Do you like them? Do you love them? Do they make you happy? Do they roll good for you? If they roll good for you, keep rolling them, baby. <laughs> well, two two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> right, page, 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 page. Everybody listening to this show knows there are no dice in the world that are going to roll good for Paige consistently. It nope. is a fact. I don't know who in the Dice God pantheon Paige has displeased, but it is known. But they big mad. Big mad. Big mad. So you done been smoked. Yeah. So I, I'm a professional biologist, and uh, apropos of that, I collect skulls because that's just kind of what biologists tend to do. And so I'm really fascinated by your bone dice. What kinds of bone dice do you have? Where do you get the bones from? How are they carved? Are they haunted? They might be. You know, I've, I've never asked an owner if they're haunted. That's a good question. Um, but like, where do you source all of that from? So our, our bone dice are made from yak horn. Uh, and the reason that we use yak horn is because we don't have to add anything to it. Bone by nature is a porous material. Um, so if we wanted to use, say, a, a femur or a tibia or something like that, we'd have to introduce resin and that throws off the balance of precision. All those things that we pry ourselves on. So yak horn is nice because it's consistent all the way through. There are new pores in it. Uh, it's all responsibly sourced. We wait until those yaks look good long yak, yak live. Um, and then we, we take them and we turn them into dice so that they can live a, a future adventure uh, with an RPG character. Um, so those are done the same way as we do our metals, the same way as we do our woods. Uh, everything is done on that CNC machine to make sure that it'll get a nice even distribution on the rolls. So what is, what is a CNC machine? Uh, so CNC stands for Computer Numerical Control. Um, it's it's a uh, calculated carving machine that can have uh, tons and tons of axes. Uh, so it'll it'll go through and calculate things like weight distribution and um, the the accurate weighting of those dice as it's carving to make sure that um, the center of gravity doesn't shift in one direction or another. Um, I don't know the specifics of that machine in particular, like how it's built, because I'm not an engineer. But I do know that um, you can see the evidence of it doing that weighting process and calculating all of those different axes and how things are, are shifting from one side to another. Uh, because if you take one of our D6s and you turn it over from side to side, you can actually see the difference in the depth of the carving. And what that is is that CNC machine is calculating how much of the material it needs to remove to keep the center of gravity exactly where it is. Oh, so like the one has less carved out than like a five. So the five might be shallower and the one might be deeper. So that the, oh, that's pretty slow. Oh, you you said that backwards, but then you explained it correctly. The, The five has less carved out so that the shallowness of it correspond to the depth of the one to equal yeah, yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, no, no. You said what you meant, but you explained it. You explained it like half backwards. Oh. It's all super science. That's pretty cool. That's that's actually it's actually pretty sexy. It's it's pretty similar to like a lot of the the 3D printing type stuff to where like it'll print one side with a lot more like material in order to make it heavier so that like the whole thing balances out so that it's a it's a pretty equal distribution when it rolls, which is um, the all-important thing to RPG players, does it roll fairly? Exactly. So so it sounds like 
so it sounds like yeah so your your machines and your superior engineering and all of that mumbo jumbo science things that probably only Paige understands here because she's that's that's well into the realm of engineering but mathematically i get it at the, the base level so do you have to hire like robotics engineers or like what what kind of people run these machines i know thermodynamics if you want to hire me i'm just kidding <laughs> i mean i'm half kidding only only a little bit kidding um so i can only assume on this front because i don't i don't do any of the hiring but i'm sure that there are some big brains out there who are working really hard to make sure that those machines are always perfectly calculating everything for us um, we have several different styles of, of carving that we do with that CNC machine. So like a, a regular 25 millimeter D20 uh, is gonna be carved completely differently than a 35 millimeter or a 45 millimeter. Um, and geniuses who run the CNC machines who listen to this, I thank you for your sacrifice. Um, they do wonderful work. And uh, to be honest with you, the, the CNC machining and the fact that our dice are so precise uh, is the whole reason I work for the company. It's what engaged me with them in the first place. So um, I really appreciate all of the hard work that goes into that. All right, so uh, duly noted. Are the, are the CNC machines in Australia or in the US or some other place? They are with our factory. Um, we have a family owned factory in China that does a lot of that for us. Oh, that's really interesting. interesting. I didn't know that. A lot of a lot of things are made in China nowadays. Um, the company that I previously worked with before the one that I previously worked with was uh, actually based in company in China. We made a lot of our materials there. So like, there's a lot of really good science going on there. I um, the nice thing about this is the fact that it's still within the family. So, um, you right. know, we have direct lines of communication and we can kind of play around with things as we want to. Yeah, you've got that communication, you've got that feedback, like they're definitely tied into the company. They are 100% part of the company and not like, you're not contracting out. Like, these people seeing the dice they are part of level up dice they're like they're 100 in and tied with the mission and they believe in what you're doing right part of the family yeah that so, is super so, cool so with these huh that's really cool so with these all these different kinds of dice you make from yakhorn to to tungsten to amethyst and i think you even have some plastic dice as well or resin dice what are your best selling dice? Like, what are the dice that you just can't keep in stock? Ooh, your most popular ones, yes. Oh man, this is a hard question. Um, well, overwhelmingly, the most popular style of dice that, that has um, been around since I joined the company has been our Raised Obsidian. Uh, it was released in 2018 at New York Comic Con. Um, that was uh, the first of our raised stones. It was the first time anyone had done a raised stone. Uh, and we've since done all different styles of raised obsidian. We've done a couple different fonts. Um, but that matte black on black is something that people just go gaga over. Um, that one and probably the blue sandstone because they just look like space. So those two styles are always blue really, really popular. I don't think I've seen those. I'll have to go get a picture of those. Super sparkly. Ooh, you haven't seen the blue sandstone. Oh, those are beautiful pictures. Oh. You're, you're gonna love them, and you would be really sad to throw them into a parking lot. Yeah, okay. I I actually have some beautiful amethyst level up dice, and I don't roll them very often because I don't want to ever be mad at them. But if you roll once, they'll be the prettiest ones you ever roll. They will be. They will be because they are freaking gorgeous. I've got a set of level up dice, and I feel much like Paige in that like. They live in their bag and they're beautiful and I don't want to roll them because I can't be angry at them. I'm so sad if they make me angry. But like, okay, so with Level Up Dice, so like, so you mentioned that you've got your, your factory in China and all, but like, who are, who are the employees of Level Up Dice? Just like as a whole, like, who do you employ? Where do you find them? Like, what's, what's the company like? Uh, the company is great. We're, we're still not enormous, so it's still, um, it's still just like chatting with the family. Uh, we're spread out all over the place. 
Um, we have a U.S. headquarters and an Australian headquarters, and uh, we all kind of adjust our scheduling accordingly so that we can talk with people on the other side of the world. Um, everyone who works for Level Up Dice started out as a customer. So they all came to the booth. Uh, they would have gone through the tour and maybe done the selection process with some of our stone dice. Um, and really, the, the thing that makes us a, a wonderful company to, to work for and with is our enthusiasm. Uh, so the enthusiasm that, that we showed as customers about this really cool thing, this awesome experience that we get to be a part of at the booth, um, made us wonderful candidates to, to work with the company and to spread the level of dice gospel, as it were. Maybe, huh. I didn't, maybe I didn't go to enough booths, Paige. Yeah, yes. Well, t so tell me about the lifestyle where you work for Level Up Dice. You just kind of like go to a bunch of cons and then work from home the rest of the time? I mean, how does that, how does that work? Uh, so it, it depends on, on the employee and what they do for the company. Some of us are remote all the time. Um, others do, I think Justice and I did 20 something conventions last year. Um, and then we, we have a warehouse here in Indianapolis that, that needs to be taken care of. Uh, so we have an actual office space that we go to. Um, other people work from home all the time. So it just kind of depends on the role with the company and where they're geographically located. A warehouse in Indianapolis. So like your dice in America, then they would ship from Indianapolis or do you have other warehouses here? Just in Indianapolis. Just in Indianapolis. So me in Chicago, if I ordered dice, I'd probably get them pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. Especially now that C2E2 is coming up, I could hand deliver them to you. Okay, well, if anybody wants me at their C2E2 booth, you know how to find me. I'm just, I, well, half kidding, half kidding. Mostly not. I'd love to be a C2E2. Um, actually, I hope that I can go so that I can see the level up booth and the Rivals of Waterdeep. And there's actually so many D&D things going to be this year. I'm pretty excited about that. But um, so for, what, for those of us who are not from Chicago, what is C2E2? Other than like a droid in the next Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, oh, what is it? The Comic Convention Oh, uh, what does it stand for? The Chicago, Expo? the Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo, CCEE, C2E2. I had three of those words right. Like I was close. You were like 99.9999% right. <laughs> yeah, no, C2E2 is a pretty big industry expo. And like to have your dice there, that's like, that's a pretty big deal. It was, it was a lot of fun last year when we did it. Um, and this year is, is shifting to even more of a tabletop focus uh, that it just made sense for us to go. And we're, we're partnering up with our buddies at Rick and Raven in 1985 and Wormwood. And um, we're all going to kind of be clumped together. So one-stop shop for everything you need to sit down and play that Adventures League game later on. Oh, that is so exciting. How do you decide what, um, I mean, obviously you're not like the voice, but like, how do you decide what conventions Level Up Dice wants to go to? Like, where do you want to present yourself? Uh, well, a lot of that is uh, timing, obviously. Now with so many conventions, stuff overlaps a lot, but Justice, our um, experience manager, does a fantastic job of picking the right places for us to appear to, the things that aren't going to be too hard on the staff, where we're going to be able to, to show off our dice to the most people and uh, have the best experience for them. Mm. So that's, so it, it's kind of a, an, an on the road lifestyle for, for your folks that are doing the experience though. Like 20 cons in a year, that's a lot of travel. Uh, Justice had done, I think 37 in 2018. So 20 something was, was really cutting back for him. And I think we're doing even fewer this year. So it is rough, but um, it's rewarding. It, it's life on the road. We get to see a lot of really cool stuff. So one thing that, uh, that you had mentioned was Wormwood and Jenny talked about putting her dice in a bag, which of course made me make a noise, but fortunately I was muted so nobody could hear it. Uh, I, I cringed, I cringed, <laughs> don't worry. So what dice care and maintenance techniques do you recommend 
for our often quite spindy uh, level of dice. Uh, my level of dice were in their own bag, consolidated together, segregated away from all of my plebeium plastic dice and also that really annoying metal dice set that I never used. I'm so sorry they were beautiful and I love them and I, I can't I can't roll them on my table or anybody else's table. They annoy me so much. I'm sorry. But yeah, they were all in their own dice bag. So like I segregated them. Like what else could I do better? We're gonna get to a vault. So um you know the the rule of thumb that we always tell people at the booth is treat them like you spent a hundred dollars on them. Um, you know, there are so many wonderful makers Main, of Mainly RPG because you did spend a hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel there, like I spent $500 on them, how <laughs> much I love them. There are so many wonderful accessory makers out there. Everyone from Wormwood to Elderwood to a million independent makers who make fabulous ways for you to store your dice in something nice and safe where they aren't going to click clack up against each other. Um, that we we can't express to people enough how important that is when you're talking about an investment like a hundred dollar dice set um that and you know i always say use a rolling tray because if if you roll that d4 on your wooden table yeah chances are good that it's probably going to be fine but the one percent of the time that something goes wrong um that's when you know like oh man should use a rolling tray if it's not um, plastic, I'm not rolling it on my table. Paige, is she telling me that I should just go ahead and spend the money and buy that pretty rainbow dog mite dice vault that I've always wanted? Is that what I'm hearing? Jenny, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Uh, okay. Jenny, I mean, I think you have permission uh, now. Uh, I, I have been told. I have been instructed. It's okay to spend the money. I feel better about this now, really. But yeah, I mean, we, we encourage people to, to use caution because it is a stone um, when we're talking about the stone dice. Now, obviously, your tungsten dice, you're going to want to protect the world from the dice, not the other way around. Um, but, you know, with something like opalite, where it's basically a glass, um, we, we want to make sure that you have a good way to protect those dice. So it's, it's part of the reason why we partner with Wormwood. Yeah, you don't want to, like, round those edges off and make them roll funny. That's true. And also, like, you don't want to chip it because then it's not going to look pretty or roll right or, like, any of those things that you want dice to do. Exactly. And, I mean, accidents happen. We, we recognize that, you know, if you're sitting down to play and your cat knocks your D20 off the table and it chips or something like that, um, you know, we always encourage people to reach out to our customer service so that they can re-complete their set, so to speak, um, because we we understand, you know, we're gamers too. It happens. I mean, yeah, everybody knows, like, cats are, like, the ultimate boss, and, like, sometimes your dice really just can't compete against that. It happens. <laughs> um, please don't talk about dogs or sometimes pigs or whatever exotic animal you have. Like, animals are really hard NPCs. The fact that my husband, when our cats were quite young, used to put them up on the table to chase dice around. Like, it was a bad call, Ripley. It was a bad call. Mistakes have been made, Benjamin. <laughs> yes, Bennett, but yes, very much so. Oh, God, I even knew his name. Benjamin sounds much more like, like, ugh, insulting, actually. I know he's oh. Bennett. He's Bennett. Yeah. He's Bennett. He's my favorite Bennett. He's my only Bennett. He's my, he's my boo. My boo he's, baby. he's my favorite, too. And he put the dice on the table anyways. Yes. He didn't know. He didn't yeah. know. Well, he put the cat on the table with the dice. Oh. So he... now the cat is convinced that all the dice are hers. He knew. Ben. I mean, aren't they? Bennett. Baby boo, Ben, Ben. He knew. He just, he thought it would be okay. He thought it would be adorable, which it was. No. So, no, no, no. Hold on. How many times do I need to repeat no before he understands that it means no? It's not him that needs to understand. It's the cat now. Cats don't understand the word no. So, so I have a question about dice. We've talked about blue sandstone and amethyst and obsidian and tungsten and yakhorn. What, what are your weirdest or most unusual dice? Oh, man. Well, that is, that is, um, a toughie. That is, 
that is a difficult question. So for me, it's probably not so strange because I see it all the time. Um, I thought it was a little strange when we started doing the fossilized coral because they used to be alive, which is kind of weird. Um, well, they're like skeletons, living skeletons. They're undead, undead dice. Yeah, they're zombie dice. Um, the the meteorite dice that, that Halsey Cotty made that we had last year were, they were really cool, um, very unusual though. Uh, gosh, you name it, we've tried to make it. That's, that's really all I can say. <laughs> so you mentioned that you, you partnered with Halzukati to make these meteorite dice. Do you partner with a lot of people to make different dice? We, we work with lots of different artists and artisans. Uh, probably one of the more recent and more um, prominent collaborations that we've had was with Fortune Favors um, out of Australia. So she is a, a handmade dice artist. She makes these beautiful resin dice in all different colors and combinations and things like that. Um, and we've been working with her to create full-sized resin dice in all different styles and fonts and colors um, and to, to give her a global audience um, and bring her to conventions and do more of that. But we work with lots and lots of different artists, everything from sourcing a material to actually carrying their product in our booth. Is there like a specific way that you choose the fonts that you want on your dice or just like whatever your artists want? So we do rotations on our fonts. Um, every year there is a new font chosen for the semi-precious stone and uh, every three months we do a new font on our metals. So we constantly try and present a new booth every time people come and see us because we don't want to just constantly you know, shower them with the same dice over and over again. Um, it's why we're always doing new styles too. So we'll rotate out our fonts on the metals quarterly. And every year there'll be a fantasy-based font, uh, sort of a military-styled font, a uh, science fiction-styled font, and then one that's a little more classic. Um, so we, we rotate those fairly regularly and we have a wonderful designer, Rachel, in-house who does a lot of that for us. If you've ever seen one of our glyphic dice, she does all of the designing for those. Um, I can't speak highly enough of the art that she puts into every single piece. Okay, but like if I come to Gen Con this year and I see this super curly, cute fantasy font that I want and I can't get it, like I could probably get that next year, right? It's possible, but unlikely. Everything Level of Dice does is limited run. So what that means is that we'll produce it for a specific amount of time or a specific number of sets and then we stop. Expecting to see the same thing from one year to the next at the same convention is having pretty high hopes. Um, like I said, we try and be different every single time you see us. Okay, so if I see it at Gen Con and I can't afford it right then, I should probably email and figure out where else I can buy it. You could, um, or our customer service is really good about just doing that, that extra step and setting the set aside for you or uh, showing you where it would be on the website, directing you to the right font uh, so that you can make sure you get that perfect set. That is extraordinary customer service. Like everybody knows, you go to a con, you brought $800, you bought, I don't know, six board games, and suddenly you're like, I have negative $40, but I wanted those dice. So, like, we always try and, and make it an experience. So the two of you have sets of level up dice. Um, Paige, why don't you tell me about your buying experience? When you came to the booth, what happened? When I came to the booth, I was uh, I was initially very um, uh, felt like I was very unlikely to purchase, and I'm like, I am not paying a hundred dollars for dice like there are no dice out there that are worth a hundred dollars i'm also pretty cheap and uh and uh justice was there and he had an amazing mustache and i think his hair was i think it might have had been purple or had purple stripes in it. There was i think purple. at that point it was purple and blue it was gorgeous it was gorgeous there was definitely purple man. because that's part of my story too and, and I'm like, well, they're like, you know, so what color do you like? I'm like, well, I, I like purple as well. I was born in February. It's my birthstone. And uh, the, it was Justice and 
a woman with blonde hair whose name is temporarily escaped me. Well, if it was a woman at Winter Fantasy, then it was me. Like, well, it must have been. <laughs> um, uh, I was walked through, and they're like, "Well, you know, just take these dice, give them in your hand, roll them on this, and you have these gorgeous halogen lights or some sort of special lights that uh, really show off." all of the gorgeous detail and inclusions in the dice. I saw these amethyst dice and I'm like, I really want them. And, uh, and obviously I was making that face and my husband's like, she'll take them, she'll take those right there. We'll, we'll take them and, and we'll take the bulk, put them in. And yes, we want the little crystal pendant that goes with them too. Thank you very much. And, uh, and I was blown away. It was just a very kind and thoughtful gift. And the way your staff walked me through the process of, you know, we have this, we have this, and we have to do all these different things with this. And it was just a really neat customer experience. Did they lay out the two sets for you to pick, pick and choose and build your set to look the way that you like? Yep. Actually, I think it was more than two sets. We, we do that sometimes. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun for us. Um, to, to create that kind of experience for people. So when you come to the Level Up Dice booth and you fall in love with something, especially a natural material like the stone, there's gonna be lots of variety. So we pull out two sets, play them side by side and let people kind of build that set of dice to look the way that they want it to. Um, and that little bit of personalization, um, it's, it's a sticking point. It's a lot of what people remember. And we, we try and create an actual, uh, an experience, a memory for people when they meet us. Well, it was a very pleasant experience, and I had absolutely no regrets. The dice are gorgeous. I'm glad. Jenny, what about you? Mine was unfortunately pretty similar, and, and I feel pretty much like a, a butthead now that you mention it, because you're like, you're the woman at the booth, and I'm like, well, gee golly, Willikers, you're the one who talked me into this then. <laughs> because I went there, and I looked at them, and I was like, ah, oh, I just don't know, I just don't know. I literally just gave all of my cast Jasper's name day. And then I went and I looked at the little plastic stand-up minis over at the other booth. And then I came back the next day and I was like, I only have a little bit of money. And then you were like, well, guess what? We have little dice. And I was like, you have little dice? And you were like, yeah, we have little dice. And I was like, I don't know. I have to go get lunch. So I went and I got lunch. And I come back and you have these men these miniature dice, Paige, Paige, do I like miniature things? You do, you do. It's very uh, entrapta, like if you've watched She-Ra. You're fascinated by little tiny Oh, the little, little baby dice. dice. You, yeah. you know what, you know what, that's not even true. I don't like miniature things. I love miniature things. Me and too, you, I have a tiny thing shelf in my house. And you had like four, sets of miniature dice out of all of the things that you brought with you. You had like these four sets of miniature and you bring them out and then you had to go help somebody else. And so Justice is like in his, in, in Justice's giant hands, like these four sets of miniature all in these two hands and I'm like, oh, oh my God, I need to rescue them all these baby little wee dice. And I'm like, which ones do I need? And I think I took home, they were like, oh, let's see. Let I took home, I think they were zombie dice. Zo zombie sounds right. Zombie, yeah. I took what are zombie dice? Yeah, from, from Winter Fantasy, I think I took home a set of zombie dice. And then I picked up a set of uh, stone dice at another convention, but like, uh, zombie dice, I mean, they, they look like zombies. They're kind of like gold and black and like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mixed in with each other, like death skin zombie stuff. Zombie dice, you know, Paige, you know, you know, you know. And like, so I think that's what I ended up with after Winter Fantasy last year. I was like, I don't need any dice. And then they were like, but we have baby dice. And I'm like, what is this, some sort of dice orphanage? <laughs> All right, fine. I'll take the babies. Because Paige, you know yeah, me. It, I, yeah, you know, 
You're like, they're like babies. <laughs> you had no choice. They're like baby dice, and I'm like, well, I can't leave the babies here all alone. All right, all right. <laughs> and then, I, and then I took them to Jeremy Arnold's table. I distinctly remember this because then I took them to Jeremy Arnold's table and proceeded to roll three crits in a row. And Jeremy said, "Where did you get your cheating dice?" And I said, <laughs> "Right there." And I pointed off into the yonder and he says oh oh okay 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 <laughs> i tell it was fine then as soon as as soon as he knew they came from us it was fine well he was like oh you 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 got you you got them there oh i i can't i can't really argue with that okay 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 i mean which we we really all like even this out because I had Jeremy Arnold at my table for D&D the Weekend in Hell and he rolled several very improbable rolls in a row, which I watched him roll. And I was like, where did you get these dice? And he says, I bought them from Level Up. And I'm like, oh, okay. That tracks. That's fine. <laughs> so what, there are a lot of dice companies out there mm -hmm. and we've talked a lot about what Level Up Dice does. How is Level Up Dice unique or different compared to ChessX or Q or Game Science or one of the other dice companies? We, uh, we, we spend a lot of our time on R&D and we try and be the first to bring people things. So the raised stones, the ionized stones, caged dice, um, all of the, the new and cool things, the layered stone that we just announced the other day. Um, all of those represent our dedication to, to constantly evolving and bringing new products to people. Um, you know, the fact that all of our designing is done in-house, so those things are exclusive to us, and, you know, we can we can go back and, and revisit certain ideas if someone's like, you know what, it'd be really cool to do uh, a 90s Lisa Frank themed set of dice. We can go, you know what, that would be really cool. Uh, why don't we draw something up right now? We we have the that a thing? To, is it that could be. It could it might be now I, that I said that out loud. You, yeah, let me assure you if it's a, if it's a thing, Amy Zura, Ginny Loveday, and I have at least bought three sets of pieces. <laughs> uh Latia, Katie Cole, uh Cindy Moore. Uh, uh, sorry, I don't know if you know that Cindy is a sticker fanatic and Lisa Frank is um, stickers. So I can name like, uh, I don't have enough fingers for this, but I can name a lot of people offhand. Well, if you make Lisa Frank dice, we are done, sold. Well, but that's, that's what's so great about it because we, we have the ability to, to do all of these processes from, from start to finish. We, we can literally make anything under the sun, which is such a fascinating concept you know if if someone wants to to find a material and make dice out of it we're here for that um we we often you know look up stones in our spare time as employees because you know who who doesn't want super fancy stone dice? so the fact that we kind of own the whole process from start to finish allows us to to take a lot of extra steps and try out a lot of things that other companies don't get the opportunity to um, and it's one of the things that allows us to constantly push out new and cool things so that people can roll beautiful dice at their table. I know it's probably weird and improbable, but like a lot of things I've been following recently in social issues and blah, 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 blah. I kind of want stones or stones, dice from like demolished public housing. Is that weird, Paige? Imagine how dice machined out of like 911 rubble would sell among certain demographics. It would sell as well as meteorite dice. I, I, can we can we also get like dice from like I don't know. Can, can, can we like chisel off a build a a bit of a um uh oh god uh what's what's the what's the mountainside the cliffside down there that we we in in uh, oh that we don't like stone mountain no yes. mountain can we not <laughs> like turning stone mountain into dice would be fabulous yeah there we, there we go that's a good use for it it's funny that you mentioned that so recently um we started looking at at sourcing um Priscelli blue stone which uh 
cage, you, you know all the science-y biology stuff. But Priscelli bluestone is a very specific type of spotted dolerite um, that is what was used to make Stonehenge. So we're looking at making Stonehenge dice. We've made dice out of World War II tank armor. We've, we've done so much cool stuff. Uh, you know, literally when an idea is floating out there and someone, even a faint whisper in the wind, we will absolutely try it. Okay, do your Stonehenge dice come with little pamphlets about fairy circles and disturbing the unsealy court? Because they should. No, because if you're a real druid, you should already just have that sort of ingrained. Okay, okay, okay. Valid. Druids know that. But you know how many classes there are outside of druids that just don't understand nature and don't know what they're messing with? We'll make the pamphlet just for them. You know what? It's not your fault if they don't know. If the, if the Sealy come for them, if the Unsealy come for them, it's really kind of their fault. I did all I could. <laughs> You'll have to write a disclaimer on all the risks. Disclaimer! We do not <laughs> claim to protect you from the Unsealy court. Well, we, I mean, we, we always tell people we can't protect you from killing your character. There's nothing I can do to guarantee that. But now I guess I have to add, like, subsection 2 to this disclaimer. So you mentioned being kind of the industry leader in the, the next weird, cool, interesting thing. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned your layered stone dice. Can you talk a little bit about them? Um, I can tell you that we're super excited about them. It's been over two years in the making for us to, to get that material to where it was gorgeous and durable enough to be played with and machined into dice. Um, we're super excited to, to bring them to everyone. Can, what else is on the horizon for Level Up Dice? What other new and exciting stuff is being premiered, either oh, has yeah. premiered recently or is coming up soon? Uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, we, we always release new patterns and new, uh, new stones, new materials. Uh, so there are a couple of new stones coming out in the next couple of months that I'm pretty excited about. Um, we're revisiting a few of our uh, original glyphic patterns and, and reworking those in a way that I think is going to be really satisfying. Um, new partnerships, new new amazing things coming out with those, and um, gorgeous dice. For sure, a never-ending font of gorgeous dice. Oh, yeah. How do you choose what to make next? We try it. And then if we decide we like it, we make more. Interesting, yeah. interesting. I was wondering if there was like dice testing focus groups because boy howdy, I'd like to be a part of that. <laughs> the, the wonderful thing about uh, being a Level Up Dice employee is that that's, that's basically what happens because we always get excited about the new stuff, right? So uh, as soon as we, we see something that's coming down the pipe, uh, we usually get you know a little sneak peek, a, a picture in our chat rooms or something like that and everyone will geek out over it. So um, it's we do some focus testing, but it, it's a failure as far as tests are concerned because we're always really excited about what's coming. And, and let's let's be real. In order to decide what you want to make next, you roll the dice. Yeah, we we list out materials one to twenty. We and roll it roll the dice. Yes, yes. Yeah. See, see, it's it's the secret of game design. Well, is there is there like anything else that you want to tell us about the secrets and intricacies of dice design and dice making and just like the world of dice? Um, well, I mean, I I I want to thank the both of you for um, for being interested in this and and everyone else, all of the uh, the entire gaming community is the whole reason why we exist and why we're able to do the fantastic things that we're able to try. So. Um, you know, we will continue to, to bring new things, amazing things, uh, to bring the perfect set of dice to every single gamer out there. Um, and we look forward to seeing every single one of you at a convention. Excellent. Well, before uh, we get to our next convention, where can our listeners find you on the internet? If they wanted to talk to you or someone from Level Up, what would be the best way to get in touch with you? Well, you can always head over to www.levelupdice.net uh, and peruse our wares, find the perfect set for you. 
Um, we're always on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If you ever just have a quick question, feel free to message us there. Um, we have a wonderful staff capable of answering everything you could possibly want to know. Um, that's also where we make all of our new product announcements. So uh, you'll get to see things first if you follow us on social media. Um, and then, you know, if you if you want to talk to Level Up Dice, if you want to work with Level Up Dice, you can always just contact us, reach out to us on one of our platforms, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll always up for something new. Excellent. Well, I hope you get a lot of people ringing your doorbell saying, "Hey, I heard about you on the D and D round table, and now I want to work for you." So, Jenny, why don't you let our listeners remind our listeners where they can get in touch with you outside of the podcast? Ah, thank you so much, Paige and Diane. I'm so excited to have had you on. Um, everyone can find me on Twitter at Jenny Loveday. That's G-I-N-N-Y-L-O-V-E-D-A-Y. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram under the same. You can shoot me an email or you can find me at my rather newly created website, JennyLoveday.com, because I like to keep it simple. Paige, where can we find you? Uh, if you Google Paige Lightman, you will certainly find me. I'm on Twitter at Paige Lightman. I'm on Facebook at Paige.Lightman. And my husband, Ben, and I have a website, BenAndPageWrite.com. Uh, BenAndPageWrite.com is such a good website. Highly recommend. Um, yes. You can learn all about publishing everything on there. You can find the D&D Roundtable. We're on Twitter at D, the letter N, D, roundtable.com. You can find us on uh, Facebook at the same thing. And you can always shoot us an email to dndroundtable at gmail.com. We would love to hear your feedback. We want to have your comments, your reviews, your suggestions, your guest ideas, whatever it is that you want to send us. Contact us, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. That is- Or, or just tell us what your favorite dice are. We always like to talk about dice. Okay, if you want to talk about dice, we can go for days. Please, 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 please talk to us about dice. Paige and I have so many stories. Follow-up episode all about dice? We Okay, so we are having a follow-up episode or two or three or five about more dice-related activities. So if we get enough comments, like, who knows? Maybe we'll contact you. We'll be like, you, there, with the dice ideas. Do you want to be on our show? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you know you do. Paige, right? They do. It's true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Diane. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, this has been absolutely delightful. I can't like to hear more about dice in the future, more about dice-related things, more about convention-related things, more about literally all of the things. God, I'm so excited to be back. Oh, Paige, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much for listening to the D&D Roundtable, and we'll catch you next time.